In today's show, we're looking back at the action from Tuesday. We're previewing Wednesday. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. We're here to talk about the six games from Tuesday. Um, See what happened there. Remember, the Trade Deadline live show is going to be cracking on at 2 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. Check out the YouTube channel for that. You'll see it pinned at the top when you head over to the channel over there and uh, join me for that, uh, that live show on Thursday. And if you are watching this on YouTube, please just drop a comment below. It does really help the uh, the old algo, helps the algorithm fire up. So if, you, if you're watching this now, just go drop a comment. It does really help the show get out to more people. And I want to make the Trade Deadline live show the most watched live show uh, I have ever had. So share that out. When I tweet it out, I'm going to chuck lots of reminders out and I want people to get in there and get involved. Let's talk about the games from Tuesday. First game, the Denver Nuggets, they handle the uh, Orlando Magic 110 uh, 99. Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. two threes, two block, the number one fantasy player. He is, uh, that's what he is. He continues to do it. 65 fantasy points, 67, sorry, my mistake, fantasy points. And he continues. This team is just actually rock solid at the moment. Rolling, consistent, really good. And the same goes for Farton Will Barton. 17-6-1, three steals and a block. Remains a must-roster player, 36 fantasy points. The headmaster, Jamal Murray, had 21-4-4. Four four. Rough shooting night for, for Murray. 38% from the field, but added two steals at 36 fantasy points. Some pretty good numbers for him. And Maga Porter Jr. ended with 18-7 and seven in his 33 minutes, 30 fantasy points. This continues to roll on. Only the 72nd-ranked player over the last two weeks. But I don't think he's minutes or role are really going to evaporate, which we had that fear about a month ago, but I don't think there's any concern there. Paul Millsap, though, is a concern. He did have a weird, uh, a weird Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. He had the two steals. He had the two blocks. Um, only two points, but that's a Richie Benno. That's fine. Not much more there to see with Millsap outside of streaming. And then you go to someone like PJ Dozier, who played a lot. 28 minutes for Doge, 14 and 6 in those 28 minutes, while Faku had six assists and two steals. Faku Kompatsal, for those of you who are uninitiated into the cult that is Faku, a really good assist and steal streamer if you haven't got, say, a Timothy John McConnell on your team. Faku, while Gary Harris and Monty Morris remain out, he can be that option for you. Uh, Jamichael Green looks to have fallen out of favor a little bit there, while Zeke Naji played 12 minutes. Uh, he looked okay in that playing time. For the Orlando Magic. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Of course, I tweeted out at the start of this game, why the hell is Aminu playing these so many minutes? And then he just went bananas after that. 17, 10, and 6, two steals and a block on 73% shooting. But this is absolutely, this is the derivative of the nickname. This is why it exists. Because Aminu does this and you go, holy shit, that's excellent. That's amazing. Yeah, are you wanting to add him? Of course not, because he'll go out and have two points with two rebounds in the next game. 
I still don't, I still don't understand playing him the minutes over a guy like Trimmer Kiki, and especially limiting a Kiki to just 15 minutes makes no sense in a game that you were getting blown out early. Now, I guess the thing you can look at is a Kiki was a minus 20 and a Minu was a plus 11, and Clifford is there to win games, and he has a stubborn aversion to rookies at times. But it's still frustrating. But big game from Aminu. Absolutely fantastic. Really, really played well. Evan Fournier was excellent. 31 points, five triple, six assists, and one steal. And while he could be a sell high, I don't think anyone's biting on it. We have the risk of him being traded into a smaller role. We have the risk of him getting injured. So I think, in essence, the outcome that you have here for um, for Fournier is you just hold, you enjoy it. When he's played, he's been excellent. 77-ranked player this season. And uh, since he's returned from injury, 34th-ranked player, 35 minutes a night, just dishing out big, big numbers. And while everyone is out on this team and guys aren't coming back, he's going to continue to be really good. Aaron Gordon probably isn't. Even in these opportunities, like 13, 3, and 6 with a triple one is totally adequate. 29 fantasy points is average. Like, this is a dude, again, who's not a top 130 player this season in category leagues. He's since returned from injury. He's the 137th ranked player. And what team does he go to where his usage is really vaulted up or he gets as many ball handling opportunities as he's getting now? I find it hard to believe that's going to happen for Aaron. Maybe he gets traded, but I think if he gets traded, he becomes a pretty clear drop. I wouldn't say that just at this point. And if he gets traded, don't just automatically drop him. That's what the live show's for. And then there'll be a more in-depth recap show later on. But it is, he's just not a good fantasy player in category leagues. Nikola Vucevic. It's Vucevic. Vucevic. Not his best night. 32% shooting, 18 and 7 with two threes. But we know that he's relatively rock solid. Although... Although, over the last two weeks, 43rd ranked player. A little bit of a drop-off in some of his efficiency numbers. Michael Carter-Williams, speaking of drop-offs in efficiency, seven points on a true shooting of 37%. That is very Michael Carter-Williams-ish. He is a nice streamer when you're looking for those category and counting type stats, um, as long as you're ignoring percentages. Well, Dwayne Bacon remains literally one of the worst players in the NBA. Zero points in 16 minutes for Bacon, who, despite playing 25 minutes a night, isn't a top 300 player this season. And then Akiki, as I mentioned, was pretty rough in this one. Zero points in 15 minutes. He's just a watch. He's not a must-add if Aaron Gordon gets traded. Far from it. He's just a watch to see exactly what does go down in that scenario. Guys, it is time for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. It's a big announcement. We're all here for it. This is you know what we want to know because we want to be happy. So celebrating things that are huge, celebrating things that are really enjoyable, celebrating things that create joy, which also creates success, is important. So your Michelob Ultra Player of the Week for this week is Luka Doncic, averaging in the last week 39 points per game with seven rebounds and seven assists and shooting an absolutely astonishing 60% from the field. Now, he does shoot 69% from the line. Giggity! Which, while it's nice in certain areas, it doesn't do a great deal for your fantasy team, but he is your Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. It is only worth it if you enjoy it, and having Luka Doncic on your fantasy roster, I'm sure you're enjoying it. 2.6 grams of carbs for Michelob Ultra, 95 calories as well. We want you to enjoy the game, enjoy your time, and are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? Michelob Ultra Player of the Week for this week is Luka Doncic. March Madness has returned, and Paramount Plus has the games that you won't want to miss. You can watch the CBS games live on Paramount Plus, including the Final Four and the National Championship game on April the 5th. Paramount Plus is also home to year-round sports, including the Masters, the PGA Championship, UEFA Champions League, which, reading this copy, really funny, because they've got a pronunciation for UEFA. I don't know how how people are pronouncing this. UFA? 
I don't know. Anyway, Paramount Plus has UEFA Champions League, the Europa League, the NFL, and more. Plus, you get breaking news, expert picks, and highlights from all of your favorite teams with the CBS Sports HQ, a 24-7 sports news network. We all love watching the upsets in March Madness. We watch watching sports all throughout the year. That's why you're here on this sports podcast because we love watching sports. So if you go to ParamountPlus.com before March the 31st, you can receive a one-month free trial of Paramount Plus. That's ParamountPlus.com to receive a one-month free trial of Paramount Plus. ParamountPlus.com. Let us go on. Next game. All right, what do we got here? The New York Knicks and the Washington Wizards. Pretty comfortable win in the end for the Knicks. As I mentioned on the pregame show and in my Betfair article, it was absolutely insane that the Knicks were two-point favorites and they win it by 18. The 131-113 was the final margin. Brad Beal has been struggling a little bit. I wouldn't say that that was changed here. 22-4-4 in 32, and that's still really good. But he's now the 46th-ranked player over the last two weeks. And we're seeing him sort of fall back to some of the worries I had for him when Westbrook was traded there. Just the four assists. The 10 of 10 from the line is excellent. The 40% from the field is not. Didn't hit a single three. That's not great. Russ Westbrook, 29 minutes, 14, 4, and 12. 21% shooting is horrendous. 8 of 10 from the line, though, is really good. But still not a great night from Westbrook, who has been improved, definitely. 15th ranked player over the last two weeks. This was not a good one. While the Scott Brooks center... Whatever whatever this bullshit this guy is doing, it continued. <laughs> Big meaty man slapping meat. <laughs> well, he didn't slap their meat all that well because we only got 12 minutes out of Alex Len. Now, in that time, Alex Len had three blocks. And you go, here we go. All right, it's on. Fantasy Alex Len, do we do it? Are we ready to add him? We, is, is it happening? No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. And I can say that for Alex Len, and I can say that for Mo Wagner, who then, out of nowhere, and Fred Katz had a great tweet about this. He, I think he started 13 games in a row and then was a DMPCD for five games. And now, as this third center plays 23 minutes, is he going to go back and start next, games, next game? Who the hell knows what Scott Brooks is going to do? 11 points for Wagner in 23 minutes. That's really good. 75% shooting, undoubtedly good. But I cannot trust it. You cannot trust it. We can stream it, but who the hell knows? Again, Len had two blocks. The official Wizards Twitter account tweeted out, hey, look at Alex Len with all these blocks. And then we never saw from him again. You can't trust it at all. Much like when you see Rui Hachimura put up big games and then he comes out and has 11 and 7 in 34 minutes because Rui Hachimura is not a good fantasy player. There is so many limitations to his game. One assist, zero steals, zero blocks, 39% shooting, no free throws. If you don't understand why I don't think Rui Hachimura is a good fantasy player, you're getting an indication these last couple of games. Points league, sure. And even then, in category leagues, he's the 90th ranked player over the last two weeks, which is fine to add, but the consistency is just not there. From him and consistently, he doesn't consistently do it in enough areas. Denny Avdia comes from you know, playing not at all 30 minutes to 11 minutes back to 22 minutes. He had 14 points on 71% shooting, a long way away from being a 12 team league guy. And hey, look at that Troy Brown played. Hey, can we trust that? Of course we can't. But he is a name to watch at the trade deadline because he's better than what Scott Brooks treats him. And then Robin Lopez, who'd been the backup center playing 20 plus minutes, gets seven minutes. Again, try and figure it out. You can't, it's literally impossible. You cannot do it. Because we have seen your mate, Scott Brooks, continue to just dick around that rotation. Now, on to the Knicks. Now, let's say something about the Knicks. I was not in favor of them hiring Tom Thibodeau, but I did 
unequivocally state he is a better coach than David Fisdale and Mike Miller, and it probably does push them you know, up the standings, and it gives them more wins, and that has absolutely been the case. Now, they have been much better than I anticipated, but the issues that I have with Thibodeau aren't just, does he get more wins now? Is it is it a move for the future? Is it a move for development? Is it a move just to say we made the playoffs and we won one game in a 4-1 sweep in the first round? Maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe they win a first-round series. I don't know. Does he put undue stress on the bodies of our players? Like, they are all the concerns that I have. Does he develop guys? They're concerns. Julius Randle, career year under Thibodeau. Look fantastic. But when they're up 24 in the fourth quarter with like six minutes left and he puts him back in, like, what are you doing? Like, there is no reason for that. And that is my concern. It hasn't led to any problems with Julius Randle getting injured yet. Yet. But there's no need for it. And this is my frustration with this dude. Is it why? Why do we do this? Now, Randall was great. 37 points, seven triples. Highlighted him on the buy low show, saying some of his efficiency numbers were well down. There's probably some room for him to come back. Well, obviously, he did that today. And then, the big fella, Mitchie Robinson. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Well, he did take it from here. 16 and 12 in 31 minutes with three blocks on 79% shooting. Will he start next game? You'd have to imagine so. Noel was still all right. 17 minutes for Nerland, 6-5 and five with one steal and two blocks. If you are looking to make that move come the trade deadline, then Noel's probably going to be a drop, but let's see how this all goes. Rowan Barrett Jr., 21-5-5 five five with two blocks. Really good game from him. While Reggie Bullock hurt his ankle but returned, hit three threes, and he's a great three-point streamer. While Alfred Payton, of course Alfred Payton returned. Of course he started, and of course he sucked. That's just par for the course. 7-5-4 with three steals. But before I say he sucked too much, I'll just say it one more time. He sucked. But he did get three steals. He did get four assists, and he does have nude pictures of Tom Thibodeau that keep him in that starting lineup. So there are some positives there for Alfred Payton. The three steals are encouraging. And then Emmanuel Quickly, who I talked about on the pregame show today, what he is is an undersized scoring guard. And does that always translate into fantasy or to goodness on the court? I'm not sure. He had three fouls in about three minutes. He played five minutes through the first three quarters of this game. Ended up with 12 minutes for 14 points and then a big bunch of Tony Snells. Zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks. He had a 33% usage. This is, again, how do you, how does he translate into a really good long-term fantasy player? I'm not sure because he can't pass and he, he doesn't bring a whole lot of our other areas. But again, putting up those numbers in those minutes is encouraging. You don't want to hold on to him, though. I don't believe in 12-10 leagues. I should have mentioned Alec Burks. Let's do it now. 20 points in 29 minutes. I thought Burks could have a role like this from opening night. I thought they should have started him opening night and run with it. And then... He had that ankle injury that cost him like four weeks, but he's getting back into the swing of things. If you want to add Alec Burks, a top 75 player over the last two weeks, I'm not here to tell you not to. I think there is some value. I'd probably want to hold that acquisition, though, to wait for the deadline to see what pans out. But holy shit, like that's that's pretty good stuff from Alec Burks, really trending in the right direction at this stage. While speaking of trending in the wrong direction, um, Obi Toppin. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. He literally should not be in the rotation. He's not an NBA caliber player at this point in his career, uh, and nor nor is Kevin Knox. Apparently, I, do I have more hope in Kevin Knox and Obi Toppin? Probably, uh, and that's saying something. Those guys are sucking. And uh, in a game that was you know, decided by almost twenty points, we got at least one minute fifty three of garbage time where Knox came in and uh, didn't do anything. Ah, <sighs> sigh. Let's go on to the next game. We are looking at the Los Angeles Lakers, and again, I feel like. Vegas was giving out free money here. It was like a five-point margin in favor of the Pelicans, and they win it by 17. 128 New Orleans, 111 to the Lakers. 
Yeah, without LeBron, without Anthony Davis, pretty tough for them to get these wins. The future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, 16-10-7, a must-roster player. But I don't understand the absence of Taylor Horton Tucker. And by absence, I mean they just didn't play him that much. He was like the 10th man in the rotation. He still put up okay numbers, 5-1-4 and four, and 2 steals. So I'm looking at the 4 assists. I'm looking at the 2 steals there. Is he a must-roster 12-team league guy? If they're going to use him like this, of course not. But am I willing to drop just to make an ad before the deadline? No, but at the, de- at the deadline, if I've got Horton Tucker, he would be a droppable player for sure. Wes Matthews had 14 points with four triples, while Dennis Schroeder had 15, 4, and 7 with two steals. Shot horribly, 20%. And they had to start Devontae Kachok. He played four minutes in thir- uh, sorry, four points in 13 minutes with steal and a block. He's not a bad per-minute player. But again, it doesn't get enough criticism to me. And when I say it, I get criticized for saying it. But Montrez Harrell, refuse, not refusing to start saying, I'll, I'll start if the team needs me, but I'd rather come off the bench. It's because he's not good enough to go up against opposing centers, starting centers. And, and that's like he goes and puts up his numbers, gets his 18 and 6 with two blocks, does it against the bench unit, still a minus 18 somehow. I don't know. To me, he is a horrendously overrated player who, again, if you're missing Marcus Gasol and Anthony Davis, sure, look... <laughs> Kachok held his own. He was a minus two. I don't know, but the Harold stuff, how he fits in, if they do get Andre Drummond and when Marcus Gasol returns and Anthony Davis returns, like what's his role as we move forward? I, I'm a little concerned about it. KCP had three points in 22 minutes. For those of you asking if he's a 12-team league ad, no. No, he's clearly not. Um, he wasn't even before this game. Um, I would much rather have had uh, Horton Tucker, but again, that one might be going the way of the Dodo as well. On to the Pelicans. Ingram was great against his former team revenge game. 36 points, four triples, four assists, 67% shooting while Zion Williamson had 27, 9, and 5 on 69%. Of course he did. Giggity. And 90 from the line. Big game. No Lonzo Ball, so Nikhil Alexander-Walker started and did Nikhil Alexander-Walker things. 18-7-3, not the greatest passer, but puts up good numbers. He is a really strong stash in advance of the deadline, I think. I've said that a few times too. Well, Josh the Hitman Hart only had two points, but 15 points, five assists, and five steals is a really bloody good line. The one of nine shootings, not so good. He remains an interesting 12-team league guy, while my man, Kyra Lewis Jr., 16 points, six assists, two blocks, three threes. A lot of teams whiffed on that. I think missing him in the draft. This is the Knicks. What are you doing? The Bulls. I know Patrick Williams has been good, but what are you doing? This is the pick that should have been made by so many of these teams. Uh, I really believe in Kyra. That's why I had him like number three or four. Number four, I think, in my dynasty rookie rankings. I had him number four in my mock drafts. I said it was going to take a little bit of time to get there, but this is, uh, look, he's good. And it's going to be up and down this year. I wouldn't stash him in advance of the deadline, but I think he's really good. Steve Adams, 12-7. and seven. Yeah, not, not a 12-team league guy. Well, Eric Bledsoe. <sighs> Get that garbage out of here! Two points, 13% shooting, 33 minutes. Can they find anyone who trade for him? Probably not at this point. Um, yeah, probably not. I, I just, I, I don't know, man. He's just really, really struggling um, with whatever the hell's going on. And I've been a Bledsoe defender for a long time. You know, saying, look, he's been a very good regular season player, especially a really good um, fantasy player, but not anymore. It's just not there for him anymore. And he's never going to see this because he's blocked me on Twitter. But yeah, he's done. You can move on from him. He's a, It's a pretty clear, easy drop, in my opinion. You shouldn't have to think too hard about it. And I think Steven Adams is the same outside of, you know, in a specialist type scenario. Guys, I've been telling you for a while about the best tasting protein bar ever. That's right. 
It is Built Bar. And we are here to talk about Built Bar because it is low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. It is my favorite favorite protein bar ever, without doubt. 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it is time to find out what the best Built Bar is, best flavor. It is Built Bar Madness. Coconut brownie chunk. This is a tough one versus lemon almond cheesecake. I'm going to take the lemon almond cheesecake here, even though I do like the coconut. I think coconut flavor is goat in general. Let's take lemon almond cheesecake in this bracket. So go to builtbar.com slash pages slash brackets, or go to their Twitter account at bar underscore built and cast your vote for the best tasting protein bar. Go to locked and use our promo code locked15 as well for 15% off your next order. That is locked15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. All right, next game, let's go to this one. It is the Miami Heat and the Phoenix Suns, and I've got those logos mixed up, and I'm annoyed at it, so I'm going to change it around. All right, that's much better, because the Phoenix Suns beat the Miami Heat on the road, 110 to 100. Um, Let's talk about DeAndre Ayton. Last two games, really impressive. 16 rebounds, 17 points, 34 minutes, probably the most important stat. Three blocks, 67% shooting, only one free throw attempt as usual, and a plus 20. So really impressive stuff. Let's hope this is a turnaround for Ayton. I'm not holding my breath, but let's hope. Jay Crowder's revenge game gave him 13-3-1. There you go. One steal, one block with three triples for Crowder. He's an interesting stream guy, but more of a 14-team leaguer. Well, Devin Booker only played 27 minutes. Same with Chris Paul, because this game was in hand. Paul had 8, 3, and 9, and Booker had 23, 5, and 3. And another relatively strong game for McCall Bridges, 12, 3, and 3 with a steal and a block. With Cameron Johnson returning, with Crowder playing better, with Aiton playing better, Dario Saric's value has dipped. He only played 12 minutes. He had two points. Now, he had five fouls, so that's probably a part of that. So just bear that in mind. But even before that, his production had started to wane, and he's yeah a long way from that sort of 12-team guy. Well, Frank the Tank Kaminsky, remember when they started him for a shit ton of games and it made no sense? Well, of course, now he is out of the rotation because he's not very good. Cameron Payne had nine points in his 22 minutes, while Tory Craig... 10 points in 21 minutes in the rotation here with Etwan Moore out and uh, out of the rotation, healthy, and Abdul Nadir injured. So let's see where Craig sort of fits in those things. For the Heat, actually, I thought this would be a struggle for Aiden against Bam. It wasn't, obviously. Bam had 16 and 8 with 6 assists. That's pretty strong. Well, Kendrick Nunn, he's... First good game in a long time without Dragic and without Bradley. 25 points, five triples. Not an indication to me that he's a must-add. He's still, despite this game, outside the top 200 over the last two weeks, but good to see a big performance. Well, Jimmy Butler, remember when he was the number one ranked player in fantasy and that was a sell high and yet uh, apparently that was the wrong call for me to say that. 14 and 11 in 27 minutes for Butler with one steal. He's just sort of, yeah, really normalizing, which is to be expected. While the Spur, Dunk Robinson had six points in 32 minutes. He is not a 12-team league player. Get that garbage out of here! And you know what? I don't think Tyler Hero is either. Get that garbage out of here! Now, Hero, I would hold until the trade deadline. I'd do the same with Robinson. Hero's got more upside just to see what happens. But under this current arrangement for the Heat, I'm not sure Hero is the guy. 7-2-5 and five there. While Kelly Olenek, oh, man, missed all six of his shots, played only 15 minutes. It was a nice run, Kelly. 
Uh, I think your drop is coming in the next 48 hours. Let's just see what happens, though. With him playing 15 minutes and Trevor Ariza playing 23, struggling still, Ariza, 22% shooting, 7 and 6. But that Alinic, uh yeah, that's that's not great to see those minutes nosedive the way they did. And we've seen this with Alinic so many times. Minutes push up, he plays well, and then minutes push down and he sucks. And then it's a consistent roller coaster. And when the minutes push up again, you add him, you enjoy the ride, and then he sucks again, and then you drop him. And yeah, we are, again, Hold off on moves at this point with the trade deadline. Literally one day of games left for the trade deadline, but you have to sit through. And it's a day with 11 games on, so you can't even add anyone to to be active onto your, into streaming spots or anything like that. So you just hold on to your ads. You hold on to your drops, and then we see what happens. But use this to understand that Alinek you know, moves now to be one of your droppable players, most likely, heading into the trade deadline. All right, let's go on to the next game now. We're looking at the Nets beating the Blazers on the road. 116-112 upset victory for Brooklyn. Jimmy Harden, he played through his sore neck. He played 40 minutes. He had 25-7 and 17 with two steals. And he shot horribly, 29%, but 85 from the line. Another massive game from Harden, who is a top top three fantasy player so far this season. I think he should be somewhere in the MVP race. I know others don't agree with me, but a big game there. But let's talk about Nick Claxton. Now, I have said so many times that he is the best center on this roster. I said it before he played a single game this year, and we are seeing it play out time and time again. Now, I was pretty frustrated in this game because DeAndre Jordan had played 20 minutes and Claxton had played eight minutes at some point in the third quarter. Jordan did not see the court again. Claxton closed the game and was unstoppable yet again. 16-9, and a block, 80% shooting. Now, I know I've been pretty much like, you know, hold on to your waiver acquisitions, don't add players, make sure you've got ads left for the trade deadline, and I'm worried about what happens when Durant comes back and Griffin's minutes jump up, but Claxton's undeniably good. He's undeniably their best center, and you know, when we're you know, looking at guys that lose minutes, you know, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, these guys shouldn't be playing those minutes, Claxton should. So I have no problem with adding Claxo and seeing where it happens, or seeing what goes on with him, because he's really good. No... um. Kyrie, as I mentioned, so Timotei Lawawu Cabro played 27 minutes for some reason. 11 points with three assists for Lawawu Cabro. Nothing to really get excited about there. Well, Jeff Green dropped in 20 points. Not much else. Green will occasionally have these good games, but he's not even a top 200 player this year, despite getting 27 minutes tonight. And Griffin looked better in this one, but only 19 minutes, eight and five with two steals. Again, a long way from being a 12-team league guy. And DeAndre Jordan, three points, 10 rebounds, 20 minutes. And again, no reason for me to think that he's a 12-teamer. And Bruce Brown, pretty disappointing. Started in place of Kyrie, had eight and four in those 22 minutes. And I think, yeah, his utility as being a must-roster 12-team league guy, which there was a point where he was putting up those numbers. I just don't see it for him at all. For Portland, Ennis Cantor, almost triple doubled. Was stuck on six assists for about a half. 19 and 19 in 40 minutes. A great sale high opportunity, but you're probably not going to be able to execute it. Bob Covington only played 25 minutes due to some foul trouble. He had 13 and 9 with two steals and two blocks. Hit four threes, and Lillard had 22, 3, and 9. McCollum, 38 minutes. Obviously, the minutes restriction's over, but those insane shooting numbers from the earlier part of the season haven't carried over. 26% here for 16, 5, and 4, and I was really skeptical about him maintaining those early season levels of production. Gary Trent, I think we know what we can uh, do with him. Get that garbage out of here! He's been a drop for a long time, so if he's still on your roster, get rid of him. Um, or actually, if he, again, same story. If he's still on your roster, he's the guy that you drop when the trade deadline ads appear. And Derek Jones Jr. had a triple one, had 13 points in 31 minutes, hurt his hand in this game or arm, but returned to the game and, hit, and he was fine. But he is just that defensive stats specialist, and really, that's uh, that's about it for him. All right, so let's go on now to the uh, to the next game. Looking at the Philadelphia 76ers in the end beating the Warriors. They were up 
big early. The Warriors came back, took the lead, and then the Sixers pulled away in the fourth quarter. But let's talk about Tony Bradley. Talked about him on the Permanent Monster Show the other day. Um, he's been starting and, and getting a chance, but this is huge. 33 minutes, 18 and 11, two steals and two blocks. Didn't miss a shot. Now, it does help when you go up against James Wiseman, who is a rookie still learning what to do. But Bradley has shown flashes at times. I wouldn't be looking at this and going, I must I must add Tony Bradley, especially with the deadline so close. But it's definitely one to watch. And if he plays big minutes again, then there is some value there. Don't think you'd see Dwight Howard get his only points from the free throw line. Two points, 0 of 6 from the field, 13 boards. He still can help you out if you are looking for the specific skills that Dwight brings, but this is a pretty poor game. Toby Harris had 25 and 13, while Dan Green, the defensive stats weren't there, but 11 points in 33, and Benny Simmons had 22, 8 and 4. This was comfortable at times for the Sixers, and then it did, of course, um, become a little bit tighter. Shake Milton, I'm not overly impressed with Shake, and there's a reason why the Sixers continue to be involved in discussions for guards. Kyle Lowry, Norman Powell, Lonzo Ball, George Hill, because they're not really loving what Milton's giving them. 13 points in 22 minutes. He's just a streamer when you're looking for points. I think that's really about it. But the Warriors, Jordy Poole, 39 minutes, 19 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Now, Steph is going to miss the next 3 games after this, at least, with that inflamed tailbone. Poole has a chance to have some value, even when Curry returns. Do you waste an acquisition? Well, you should have already added him, but do you waste that acquisition now with the deadline coming up? Eh. The the likelihood is he has good 12-team value for a week, maybe 2 weeks, and then maybe he becomes a fringe guy. And I'm not sure that that's worth it for maybe a longer-term deadline option. But he probably should have been added already. The other news from the Warriors is that Steve Kerr, prior to the game, said that Wiseman, Jimmy Wiseman, Blunty, would be the starter um, today and the rest of the season. You can call me Coach Steve. So obviously the Warriors are tanking, looking for a better draft pick, trying to develop Wiseman. Look, he's not good at this point. Um, he could develop into something good, that's for sure. Is he worth a fantasy ad? That is going to be the question. He had 11-4 and four in 26 minutes, taking some pretty poor shots. 24% usage just isn't really on. He blocked a shot. Uh, look, is he going to be better than, again, the options that are... Is he better than Jordan Poole long-term? Probably, because I'll probably pump more minutes into him. I think, look, he's not really available in his spots because people have just been holding and holding and holding and holding all season, even though, again, he's not even a top 200 player this season, which is a massive waste of a roster spot. And I'm not even sure the best case he's a top 100 player for the rest of this year. But if he is out there, you've got to at least consider that. Uh, Kelly Oubre has been pretty poor of late, in fact, outside the top 240 over the last two weeks, but 24 and 10 on 57% is nice. Well, Draymond had a very Draymond game. Six points on 29% shooting, but nine boards, six assists, two steals, and two blocks. And Andy Wiggins, an absolutely horrible team worst, minus 29 with 14 points. Pretty rough stuff from Wigo, but prior to today, he was a top 30 player over the last two weeks, so had really stepped it up. Interesting, the triangle, Eric Pascal was back and out of the rotation. Uh, Juan Toscano-Anderson also out of the rotation. Well, Nico Mannion doing his best Faku Kompazzo, um imitation with six assists and two steals. Of course, there's no Steph that's going to impact or boost some of his value, but in the short term, in deeper leagues, maybe assists and steals streamer, maybe Nico can be that guy for you. 
Let's have a look now at the top ads over the last 24 hours. Taylor Horton Tucker up 17%. I detailed that a little bit earlier. It was the right move to add him. Didn't work out today. Still added some assists, but you know I'd probably be holding him and then maybe he's a drop at the deadline. Alexander Walker up 16%. Love him as a stash. Claxton up 14%. Really love what he's doing. He is clearly the best center of this team. It is not remotely close. And yes, that includes Blake Griffin. Um, and hopefully they just say, we're, we're going to play you 27 and nine. I'm not confident in that, but I think he's worth a look. Alec Burke's up 14%, rewarded you today, but uh, I think the Derek Rose return will put a bit of a clamp on that. And then Malik Monk's up 10%. Not sure that that's worth a, a trade deadline acquisition. In terms of drops, Kenyon Martin down 10%, sure. Wendell Carter down 6%, sure, although I'd probably hold for the deadline. The Wave pulled DeAnthony Melton down 6%. Yeah, again, probably a hold to see what happens, but I understand why. Kobe White down 6%, sure. Darius Baisley down 6% as well. Didn't know that people were deciding to drop him today. I thought he would have been dropped weeks ago, as he should have been. Let's have a look now at the top 10 players under 50% rostered. The Chief Al Farouk Aminu, we can't trust that. Kyra Lewis Jr., you know I like him, but I don't think it's going to be 12-team value for him. Tone Bradley, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see what happens next game for Philadelphia. Kendrick Nunn, not looking at that one. Uh, Jay Crowder is a streamer. Uh, Jackson Hayes, good game from him, but again, probably only deeper leagues there. Alexander Walker, we touched on already. Reggie Bullock as that three-point streamer, but we're not really streaming with 24 hours to go. Yeah, Wes Matthews, good game from him, but not not much interest. And then Mo Wagner, how the hell can we trust the Wizards' center rotation? The answer is we can't. All right, so let's now move on to talk about some DFS for a very busy Wednesday in the NBA. All right, let's take a look at these 11 games on Wednesday. That's a shit ton. The first game we look is look at is the Detroit Pistons, the Indiana Pacers. Both Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner are questionable after missing the last game. We saw the value increase of uh, Jeremy Lamb, TJ McConnell, Karis LeVert with those guys out last game, even Dougie McDirt. Put up some big numbers in that ass kicking they received from the Bucks. While for the Pistons, um, still no Hamadou Diallo, still no Rodney Magruder, still no Killian Hayes. While Wayne Ellington is questionable, how that impacts guys like DeLon and Joshy Jackson remains to be seen. For the Celtics and the Bucks, the second game. Boston, uh, Jason Tatum not on the injury report after being out last game due to illness, while Tristan Thompson still remains out. For Milwaukee, Yanni is questionable. So obviously that's a, it's a pretty big news situation. Giannis uh, Bryn Forbes also questionable. Less of a big news situation. If Yanni's out, we've got Paddy Connaughton and uh, Bob Portis who step up into that role. And then you've got Drew Holiday uh, who gets more usage. PJ Tucker, who looked like he'd missed some time, is listed as probable. For the Nuggets and the Raptors, this is a back-to-back for Denver. Monty Morris, we don't know whether he's going to play. Um, we're also not sure about Greg Whittington. Sure. For the Raptors, uh, the Jedi, OG Ananobi, he should be back. But what about Scarfs? OG. Blizzard, stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. And who knows where the hell the Raptors will be, who they'll even have available playing. Is Powell and Lowry still on this team one day out from the trade deadline? I guess we will find out. The Cavs and the Bulls. The Bulls are five and a half point favorites. The total is 218. Injury-wise, we're relatively clean. Garrett Temple is questionable for Chicago, but that's really it. Everything else is sort of uh, fine, which is good. And then we look at the next one, which is Memphis and OKC. Al Horford off the injury report. Lou Dort also off the injury report. No, my son is also named Bort. Jaron Jackson on the injury report. What a shocker that is. He remains out. Um, so how the uh, Darius Baisley also out for the Thunder. So how that Moses Brown, Pokyshevsky, Horford, front court rotation, Isaiah Roby uh, goes remains to be seen. 
The next one is the Suns and the Magic. Both of these teams on a back-to-back. Phoenix, uh, Abdul Nadir missed the game on Tuesday. So how he looks, we don't know. Terrence Ross has been out for a while for Orlando. Is Aaron Gordon still going to be a member of the Magic by the time this game goes ahead? That's a big question. Uh, Van Fournier is rolling at the moment. Uh, I don't think we're going to have Cole Anthony back, unfortunately, in this game. And then we look at Charlotte and Houston. Victor Oladipo should return from his rest, but Kevin Porter Jr. remains questionable after missing that last game. The Hornets, Cody Zeller is questionable, how that impacts the center and forward rotations. Still up in the air with Biombo and Bridges and PJ Washington there, of course. The Mavericks and the Wolves. The Mavericks are eight-point favorites, and the total is 229.5. Jordy McLaughlin is questionable. If he is back, how does that impact guys like Jalen Noel and Ricky Rubio in that scenario? Dallas, pretty injury-free, which is good. The Clippers are six-point favorites. The total is 220. Rudy Gay is questionable for the Spurs, while for the Clippers, Pat Beverly and Serge Barker remain out. So, yeah, opportunity there for Terrence Mann, maybe Luke Kennard, definitely if it's a Zubats, and Reggie Jackson probably starts and probably does nothing. The Nets and the Jazz back-to-back here for Brooklyn. They'll have no Kyrie. I assume Harden plays on the back-to-back. The Jazz uh, injury-free as well, which is great news. And then the last game is the Kings hosting the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks are three-point favorites, and the total is 236.5. The Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! Uh, he's questionable, dealing with um, a knee contusion. So let's see whether he plays. If he's out, we get you know, some more value for Herder and Bogdanovich. And, of course, DeAndre Hunter's there, and he is back, but he'll be on somewhat of a minutes limit. Chemezi Metu has been upgraded to questionable for the Kings as well. Uh, not that he's a guarantee to play any minutes. In terms of value over on Fangio, we're looking at Malik Monk, Derek White, Shea Gildas-Alexander at 7,000, which is unfathomably low. Miles Turner, if he plays. Zubats, Capella, and Anobi, Aaron Gordon. Gordon, if he plays, um, Devontae Graham, Tyrese Halliburton, Christos Porzingis, Isaiah Stewart, Nikki Claxton, Karis Levert, Darius Garland, uh, maybe Jarrett, Jarrett Allen, and then Yanni at 11-4 if he happens to play. That'll do it for us today, guys. Don't forget, subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Give me a thumbs up, ring my notification bell, and leave your comments down below. That really helps out this show get to more people. So the more comments you can drop, the better it is. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.